0: This week on Cinematic Sound Radio on Butte Island Radio. We'll be listening to music from adventure films, including Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny by John Williams. The Adventures of Don Juan by Max Steiner. King Solomon's Mines by Jerry Goldsmith. Asterique au Joe olympique by Frederick Talgorn and Mickey Donald Goofy, The Three Musketeers, by Bruce Broughton. My name is Eric Woods, and you'll hear all of this today on the film, television, and video game music radio show, Cinematic Sound, which begins now. And streaming on the web since 1996. This is Cinematic Sound. Welcome to the latest episode of Cinematic Sound Radio on Butte Island Radio. My name is Eric Woods, the founder and executive producer of this show. I'm also a proud member of the International Film Music Critics Association. This show is a celebration of everything film, TV, and video game music. There's something in this show for everyone, whether you are a film music veteran or a movie music newcomer. I just want to say thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to give us a listen, and I hope you enjoy the program today. Of course, I can't forget our patrons who help make this show possible. If you would like to join the Cinematic Sound Radio Patreon, then please head over to patreon.com slash Cinematic Radio. And if you're listening to this as a podcast episode, we'd also like it if you could rate and review the show. And with that all out of the way, on with the show. I've been meaning to play music from Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny and just haven't had an opportunity to do so, but since the film is now available on digital, I thought I'd play some music from the score on the program today, and since I'm playing music from an Indiana Jones film, which is the quintessential action-adventure film, I thought I would make today's theme, Adventure Film Scores. So first up, music from Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which was directed by James Mangold instead of Steven Spielberg. And the film features Harrison Ford in his final portrayal of Indiana Jones, along with John Rhys-Davies and Karen Allen reprising their roles as Indiana Jones, Sala, and Marion Ravenwood, respectively. New cast members include Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Mads Mickelson. film is set in 1969. The film follows Indiana Jones and his estranged goddaughter, Helena, who are trying to locate a powerful artifact before Voler, a Nazi-turned NASA scientist, who plans to use it to alter the outcome of World War II? In 2022, John Williams stated that this score would be his final film score, following plans for a retirement. Though he later backtracked on that decision, Williams premiered actually one of his compositions, Helena's theme. At the Hollywood Bowl on September 2nd, 2022, at the request of director James Mangold. So, at 91, does John Williams still have it? First of all, let me preface my reaction to this score with this. I do appreciate that John Williams is still around, writing music and writing quality music at his age. I actually had a chance to see him conduct live a few months back, and he looked like he was 20, 25 years younger. The energy and enthusiasm hasn't left him. It might take him a few more minutes to get to the podium, and he might need to take a few more breaths after conducting a piece, but the man still has it. He could still write striking themes and follow along with the energy of a picture like this one with ease. Having said all of that, this fifth outing for John Williams in the Indiana Jones series didn't really do much for me as a whole. There are, in my opinion, about four to five standout cues, and there's one brilliant one that's not even on the soundtrack album. The score is a lot of fun, but there are some puzzling inclusions like the reuse of previous cues from other Indiana Jones films that are littered throughout the opening chase sequence of this film. And that opening sequence brings us back to 1944 with Indy escaping once again from the Nazis on a train full of loot. Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character Helena gets her own theme, which I mentioned before, and it's actually littered throughout this score. Williams usually writes earworms, but for some reason I just couldn't connect with this theme whatsoever, even though it is performed numerous times in this score. Um, it also doesn't feel entirely appropriate for the Helena character. Look, there, there's no doubt that this score is expertly produced. I mean, this is what we've come to expect from John Williams, but for the most part, I had a tough time connecting to the score emotionally. But there is actually a wonderful, tender moment at the end of the film that admittedly did bring on the tears as i mentioned the film was released digitally on august 29th and here's a small sampling of this massive score which includes a section from the end credits of the film and then a cue that plays as indiana jones travels to greece That was music from Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, music composed by John Williams. And the original soundtrack recording is available on Disney Records. You're listening to Cinematic Sound with your host, Eric Woods. Up next, we're going to combine two segments into one. I mentioned on an earlier episode of this show that I want to present a re-recording of a film score. I also want to present music from a Golden Age classic. Well, we're combining, as I said, two of those into one as we're featuring a re-recording from a Golden Age classic. This is from the 1948 film The Adventures of Don Juan with original score by Max Steiner. This was a... Fun swashbuckling adventure romance film directed by Vincent Sherman and starred Errol Flynn and Vivica Linforce. Now, Don Juan is a Spanish nobleman with a reputation for having many lovers, but the woman who has truly captured his heart is none other than Queen Margaret, who is unhappily married to King Philip III. When Don Juan uncovers a plot by the devious Duke de Lorca to dethrone the royal family, he rallies his trusted friends and rushes to defend both his country and his beloved queen. The film was an attempt to revive, or maybe in better words, cash in on Errol Flynn's success as a swashbuckling hero in such films as The Adventures of Robin Hood and The Seahawk. But this film didn't do as well as those other pictures, and the end of Flynn's career was in sight. The film was originally to be scored by Eric Wolfgang Korngold, However, production of the film was postponed until 1947, by which time Korngold had retired from scoring motion pictures. He was replaced by the great Max Steiner, the father of film music, who incorporated several Spanish songs into his score. Steiner spared no expense with his orchestrations, employing on top of the large orchestra ten percussionists with a complete set of church bells, guitar, mandolin, harps, and two baritones, or euphoniums. It's a colorful, romantic, sweeping, exuberant score that's captured brilliantly by the playing of the National Philharmonic in this recording, as conducted by the great American conductor Charles Gerhardt. This is the suite from The Adventures of Don Juan. Music from the 1948 swashbuckling adventure film, The Adventures of Don Juan, with original score by Max Steiner. And that performance comes off an album called Captain Blood, the classic film scores of Errol Flynn, released on RCA Victor Records. And that was the National Philharmonic Orchestra, conducted by Charles Gerhardt. Up next, we're going to play some Jerry Goldsmith for you. In music from the 1985 film King Solomon's Minds, this was an adaptation of the 1885 novel of the same name by H. Ryder Haggard. It stars Richard Chamberlain, Sharon Stone, and John Rhys-Davies. The film was directed by J. Lee Thompson. This version of the story was a light comedic take, deliberately referring to and parroting the Indiana Jones film series, which actually John Rhys-Davies also appeared in. Now, throughout Jerry Goldsmith's career, he had to score numerous bad films. With Jerry's high profile, I'm shocked by how many stinkers he had to work on. Films like The Final Conflict, Inshan, The Salamander are, are just a few in the 80s. Now, it's pretty much impossible to know if a film is going to be bad or not when you sign the contract to score the film, so you can't really blame Jerry Goldsmith. Having said that, for each film that he worked on, whether it was quality or trash, he always strived to do his best and write the best music possible. Now, Goldsmith was brought onto this project because of Oscar nominee J. Lee Thompson. He was actually the director of The Guns of Navarone. And it was easy for Goldsmith to sign on to this new film, having scored three of Thompson's previous films, The Chairman in 1969, The Reincarnation of Peter Proud in 1975, and Cabo Blanco In 1980, unlike other scores from the era where Goldsmith was exploring, experimenting with electronics to help enhance his scores, this score is purely orchestral. It's a big, traditional, thematic orchestral score with themes for heroes, romance, and villains. There's a plethora of up-tempo action material and numerous quotes of Richard Wagner's Ride of the Valkyries. Goldsmith recorded his score at ma film studios in budapest with members of the hungarian state opera orchestra now we have two cues for you the pulse pounding forced flight and then no diamonds which is the end credit cue featuring fully developed versions of the heroic main theme the sumptuous love theme and then it returns to the main theme for its triumphant conclusion this is king solomon's minds with music by jerry goldsmith Thank you. Music from the original motion picture soundtrack to King Solomon's Minds, released in 1985, with music composed and conducted by Jerry Goldsmith. And those two cues come off a newly expanded version, or the most recent expanded version of the score, from Quartet Records. You're listening to the film, television, and video game music radio show, Cinematic Sound. Up next, music from a French fantasy comedy film directed by Frédéric Forestier and Thomas Langman. It's called Asterix au jeu olympique. And at the time of its release, it was the most expensive French and non-English-speaking film of all time. But with all that money spent, the film was panned heavily. Now, it tells the story of two characters, Asterix and Oblique, who must win the Olympic Games in order to help their friend Lovesick, marry Princess Irina, but then the bad guy Brutus uses every trick in the book to have his own team win the game and get rid of his father Julius Caesar in the process. The score was composed by French composer Frédéric Talgorn, one of the great film music composers who should be writing more music for more prominent features. It's never going to happen, but I can dream, can't I? Talgorin's film scoring career began in the 80s when he moved from France to the U.S. in 1987. He worked on a wide variety of projects, creating some of the most underrated film music gems of all time for such films as Robot Jocks, Fortress, Heavy Metal 2000, The Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, Molaire, and The Red Needles, and has written many concert works and pieces for music libraries. I highly recommend you check out his YouTube channel. Just look up Frederic Talgorn and he's released a whole bunch of previously unreleased uh, scores on his YouTube channel. It is an absolute delight, and you will just get lost in that channel listening to so much great, great music. Now, Talgorn's score to Asterico Olympique follows in the grand symphonic leitmotivic tradition of the Golden Age greats, like Mikaelos Rocha, for sure, and the orchestral colouring. Of John Williams. I mean this score is like listening to a lost John Williams 1980s score. It's very well crafted, complex, detailed, vibrant, alive, and lyrical with one of the best action adventure tracks you will hear called La Course de Char and it takes place during the big chariot chase at the end of the film. This score is a hidden gem for sure. It's one that I actually return to often and in this specially edited suite, you will hear excerpts from the main title, as well as music from that major action cue, La Corse de Char. Here now is Asterique au Jo Olympique with music composed and conducted by Frederick Talgorn. From Astérique Jo Olympique, with music composed and conducted by Frederick Talgorm. And the original soundtrack recording is on Milan Records. Well, we've sadly come to the end of yet another edition of Cinematic Sound Radio. Thanks to everyone at Butte Island Radio for helping get this show on the Butte Island Radio airwaves. Feel free to reach out to Cinematic Sound Radio by emailing me at at yahoo.com. Also visit cinematicsound.net to hear an archived version of this show and years of previous programming as well. Our last score comes from an animated film released in 2004 called Mickey Donald Goofy, The Three Musketeers, with original score by Bruce Broughton. It's one of his personal favorite scores. This might have something to do with the fact that Broughton absolutely loves scoring theme park rides and attractions, and animated films. In Broughton's own words from the liner notes of the Intrada Records release of this score, here's what he had to say about the creation of the score. Quote, Musically, I chose to write a theme, and much of the score in a classically heroic, dashing swashbuckler style, something that would befit an Arrow Flynn flick. Much of the score is very French as well, and there are some brass fanfares reminiscent of Hector Berlioz the great French symphonist. And the bad guy theme is in reality a counterpoint to In the Hall of the Mountain King. In short, there's a little bit of highbrow, lowbrow for everyone in this movie, music lovers included. But more than all of that, this is essentially a very entertaining movie with some delightful songs and performances by Walt Disney's most famous characters, a movie that should entertain and please people from any age group. It was enormous fun to Be a part of. End quote. So, to end off today's program, I'll play for you the delightfully energetic and upbeat End Credit Suite. This is music from Mickey Donald Goofy, The Three Musketeers, with music by Bruce Broughton. The original soundtrack recording is available on Introtter Records. That's it for today's show. Thank you very much for tuning in. And I really do appreciate it. And until next time, take care wherever you are in this world and happy listening. Thank you. you for listening to the cinematic sound radio podcast i want to thank tim burton for providing his voice for all the bumpers you hear throughout the program and to david casina for providing cinematic sound radios theme music if you have any questions comments or concerns please email us at cinematic at yahoo.com you can find us on social media on twitter facebook and instagram and wherever you're listening to us today please take a moment right now to leave us a rating and a review of the podcast. You can get a Cinematic Sound Radio t-shirt at our T Public Store. You can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash cinematicsoundradio. And don't forget to check us out on the web
1: at cinematicsound.net.